0: Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is Alan. Happy 4th of July, America. Just wanted to give a shout out to Munson for uh, self-setting this up and also allowing us to use the trading post to record the episode in. So I left Juva and headed on over to the trading post. I got set up, stepped outside to have a cold brew and a cigarette named Thought while I waited for Shane to arrive and it's a good sign when it's the second time it's happened. Ryan says, "Don't worry too much about it." And I was like, "Okay." When I am trying to get a direction for the show, I was asking him a couple of questions uh, to kind of give me a, a lead. And yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So what he meant by that is, uh, well, I was about to meet Shane Tubbs for the first time just outside the Trading Post, and to say a ball of energy, that would that would sell it short. Shane is a great entertainer and a good storyteller. And so this won't be just one episode. Um, I'll have to have Shane on a couple more times to finish this bad boy off. But uh, here's the first part of it. So as you have noticed, maintenance-wise here, that I normally drop episodes on Sundays and Wednesdays with the exception of this week. Uh, The Sunday episode had a bug in it and the end wouldn't play so I had to take it down and I put it back up Monday. And then I just did not finish editing this episode in time so drop on the 4th of July so how cool is that um, but I said it to say this is to kind of give you an idea of you can consistently um, know when there's going to be more episodes which you're subscribed to it um, you already know because it lets you know but if you're not you should you should do that and while you're at it rate and review the show That helps me out a lot. And tell a friend, whether uh, sharing this episode on uh, your social media or just the next time you're having a conversation with a friend about the latest and greatest podcast you've been listening to, um, drop a porch talk bomb in that ear. I'd appreciate that. All right, so enough maintenance and background and thanks. Let's get to the show. All right, welcome to another episode of Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and I am excited about tonight's episode. I have somebody I've been trying to track down, uh, thanks to Munson. Munson put me on him. We got Shane Tubbs this evening, and he is uh, not only a musician, not just an actor, not just a skateboarder, also a gamer so uh, Jack of all trades here Shane how you doing this evening man? I'm doing great man i I'm not bored
1: obviously <laughs> I got uh stuff going on
0: got got plenty going on yeah yeah you know, i I'm, I'm I'm here from the skate park, but uh i'll I'll head back later. it'll be fine, <laughs> <laughs> so man, let's uh. Let's talk a little bit about the upbringing and how you got into some of these different I'm guessing skateboarding and gaming came first well
1: no uh almost uh gaming did when we were uh when we were kids, my stepdad was an electrical engineer and uh so when I was in you know like kindergarten and years after that, he designed video uh like not videos but he he designed stuff and uh would let us go to his work every once in a while and they had computer games He had the stupid bobsled game that was fantastic but uh we never like it was years later before he would buy us a Nintendo for mm. example like Nintendo was the big thing i was born in 78 and like it was you know 86 i'm 11 when legend of zelda came out for Prime example time. yeah yeah and uh i was probably 14 before I got one. (laughs) It was great. We were not getting stuff like that. Yeah. But but I loved, yeah, I always loved video games, but skateboards, uh, we didn't know anybody that skateboarded. Uh, we saw Tony Hawk was huge at that time and we it, skateboarding was growing in the late 80s there and but uh we saw it from time to time but we never I didn't know anybody that knew how to ollie. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody that knew where you could get a double kick board like you know any of that stuff so we didn't do it. I uh, was a grown man and an idiot when uh when I started skateboarding. <laughs> so I was, about how? Old were you? I was uh 23 I think, 22, 23. I had rollerbladed. I roller skated like my whole childhood, my whole, Mm -hmm. you know, my whole life I roller skated. And a friend of mine got me into roller hockey during the off season of football when I was in, you know, like ninth, 10th grade and Uh stuff. And I loved roller hockey, man. It was super fun and violent. I loved it Uh, to me mostly and uh, anyway so uh, years later I was still rollerblade but rollerblade wasn't the coolest thing Mm -hmm. to do in the late 90's and so a friend of mine skateboarded and I would like try to ollie in like on the carpet and one night I made it ollie like two inches And I was, oh man, I was on it then. It was over then. Yeah, Yeah, we were playing Tony Hawk too at that time. Mm -hmm. So uh, then, you know, now I have a visual reference. I I can see somebody like actually doing it. I didn't even know they made skate videos. (laughs) (laughs) That was a new concept to me as a grown-up. Yeah uh but i did you know there was a lot of stuff like that like music you know that i always mm-hmm. wanted to get into mm-hmm. but i didn't know anybody personally and i didn't for whatever reason you know i didn't have like a you know anybody like oh you want to play guitar well cool i'll get you a guitar yeah. uh and or i'll show you how to do this or that on a guitar or something i never had that so my brother bought one when we were he was probably like 13 or something mm-hmm. with his own money and we didn't even know how to tune it but I would sit even then, like I didn't know anybody. But I would sit there with it, and like I thought, like picking really fast was the coolest thing about guitar playing. Halo so, or something. Like yeah, and of course I didn't know he was tapping half of it. I had no idea. So we would we would sit there and like just <laughs> and like did it. we thought it was cool, like <uetooth> just the dumbest stuff. But then the strings broke and you know yeah yeah you gotta you know somebody's gotta take you to the music place and stuff and it just didn't happen and so I never did it yeah but I got married and my wife got tired of hearing me talk about music and like I'd love to play guitar you know and she was like yeah put up or shut up and like got (laughs) Got me a a guitar guitar and a music book and got an attitude when I didn't practice because I spent money, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, She's kind of driving right force behind. Yes. Her. Oh, oh. She, man, she was the force. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, originally, are you from the Columbus area? No, no. I. Uh, so, all right. Well, I'll try to compress this uh, so you don't have to edit all of this out. Um, I was, uh, I was born in Tuscaloosa at Druid City Hospital. Roll Tide. Uh, right. Roll Tide. They. When you're born in Tuscaloosa, this is my joke. I think this is my original joke. Here we go. When you're born in Tuscaloosa, the hospital is in direct sight of the stadium. It is. And the the, the birthing place, it, my wife would be laughing right now, whatever it is level of the hospital that they have the births on, the natal place, anyway, mm-hmm. is very high up in the mm-hmm. building. And they just hold you out the window and ask who you pull for uh, when you're born and there's a little dumpster down there if you yeah. don't make it. We are the strongest fans because of that. <laughs> We're like the I was Sparta born in that same <laughs> hospital. I think I have these vivid memories of that. After. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> We're like the Sparta of of <laughs> football fans. <laughs> They're like they make sure it happens. Anyway, so uh my parents not long after that split up and uh so I'm not sure what we did in those next few years, but they split up, they got back together uh and uh my brother was consummated is that the right word i think so we'll just go with that sure and uh <laughs> and then we were both fat by the way uh he was like 12 pounds nine ounces when he was born wow uh yeah you ladies out there are going <gasps> <gasps> yeah for real yeah she, he was he was the second child i was 10 pounds like i, I mean i was a, a, a superior sized child that's a big boy yeah which is you can't tell that now no um but uh Anyway, so they moved around some, they split up again, and then my mom got remarried, and we moved from, uh, we were living in Duncanville, just outside of Tuscaloosa, uh-huh. and we moved to Pascagoula, Mississippi. And, uh, down the we, coast. Yeah, and we lived there, uh, I, I think I was almost four when we moved down there, and we lived down there until I was done with the second grade, so several years, like five years or something, mm-hmm. and that's the happiest place, like from my childhood like it's the swamp down there we lived near ponds and creeks yeah. and uh, we could roam it was the 80s so nothing happened to children when they roamed you know mm-hmm. and uh, we we would just you know oh man it
0: was wonderful it was I um, lived in Grand Bay just on the other side of the state line there. Yeah, right, and I right. worked at Ingles for a while so I that's know that's where my stepdad worked yeah. yeah, so I know the area and from Bama to getting to Pascagoula I mean it mm-hmm. is all swamp it, you're right man
1: Odie was uh, an electrical engineer, and he worked for Ingalls, but he got laid off in a big layoff they had there. And so we ended up, you know, between all the wheeling and dealing, he got a job with the Army Mm -hmm. and moved up to uh, Huntsville. And we lived in the city there in Huntsville for like half my third grade year. Then we moved to the county, and we went through that year. I went through my fourth grade year there, and then he and my mom split up and uh, so uh, we moved back to Tuscaloosa for a bit we lived in these these ghetto apartments it, it was alberta city it was no no we lived right in the it was so it was um right next to uh the park not uh snow hinton but the other one uh bowers okay right next to bowers park right down there by the old okay tire store <laughs> right before yeah, you no, get to, down yet. to mcfarland uh it was uh uh like these projects apartments you know mm-hmm. and my mom you know we were low on funds at the time my mom was working like uh just wherever she could work you know uh Battling and uh, anyway, she uh, she met a fella that was a trucker, and so uh, we ended up moving from there to Gordo, Alabama, uh-huh. which uh, I uh, <laughs> depending on when you ask me, I'm proud of that, but <laughs> sometimes I'm not necessarily proud of it. But uh, anyway, it was it was a fine place to live. We uh, there were some relatives in Did it in my smell Stab like dog dudes. food then? It, yes, it did, it did. It smelled like Pico, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's anyway, we. We lived there. Then we moved back to uh, to Tuscaloosa to Duncanville near my grandparents. My grandparents lived there, and okay. there were some of those solid family members I had coming up that were oh man, they were the greatest couple. They were married like fifty some years, you oh, know, yeah. before she passed, and they were just just awesome folks. And uh, anyway, we we moved back there. Then we, my brother and I, moved in with my father, who had kind of been not totally in the picture all that time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we lived with him until we both, you know, moved out of the house. But uh, he lived in Centerville, which is where his people were from, the other side of Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. in uh, Bibb County. And uh, I learned to play football there. I learned to be a man there. Those guys over there taught me to be a dude. Like, <laughs> Okay, so these
0: are the high school years?
1: Yeah, well, that's uh, like we moved there when I was in the eighth grade. Okay, so middle, uh, middle and high school. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, yeah, middle school. And, like, uh, I had... Uh, My brother and I—we went from we were going to school at Hillcrest in Tuscaloosa, and uh, I mean it's it's a rough school Uh, it it was then anyway. And uh, we moved from there to Bibb County, and it's a country school, and all the folks there are just you know they're nice people and everything, but they're all a bit you know uptight and tough. Corn fed, yes, yeah, they're all corn fed, and, and but you know my like my dad's whole side of his family, most of them are from there. And uh, they're they're some of the finest folks, man. They are, and they uh, they all talk funny, but uh, I love it. Like if I call my aunt Penny, my, my dad's aunt, like and talk to her for twenty minutes, I'll be the countryest fella you ever heard. <laughs> Oop, doggy! I'm telling you, man. She uh, she learned to talk from the Beverly Hillbillies. Anyway, so we did that a lot. Yeah. Uh, my dad and his wife at the time split up in uh, in between my ninth and tenth grade year. Yeah, and we moved here in '95 your um, we dad my dad yeah my dad and me and him actually my dad came over he met a chick a couple of days later they got married or something like that <laughs> he, you know boom boom my dad and my mom I, they'll be mad at me about this but these are facts uh they've they've both been married like four and five times a piece uh and so it's uh uh i was not that guy when i got married uh I decided, you know, I'm just going to ride this out and see how it goes. I like being married. It's fine.
0: So in the midst of all the moving around in uh, all these different places throughout Mississippi and Alabama and being exposed from uh, Pascagoula to Bibb County to Tuscaloosa and Gordo, so your interests and hobbies, were they consistently changing? Not not necessarily. Like my brother and I,
1: we always enjoyed singing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We always enjoyed making up funny songs. You know, yeah, very very adolescent boy songs. uh, None of which I will ever repeat in public. Sure. But uh, my mother, my mother sang beautifully. Man, she had and she still does. She's she was a great singer and she enjoyed singing. Those grandparents I was talking about, uh, mm-hmm. both sang in the choir. She played piano. Uh, my uncle, uh, he uh, passed away in the nineties, but he was one of the best pianists to this day I've ever heard personally. Like he mm-hmm. was, and he sang and played. You know, just uh, we they were all around. You know, there. Uh, but singing was the big thing in our family. You okay. know, and uh, and I. I, I, I won't. Uh, I would never be accused of bragging about my singing voice. I just like to sing, you know. But uh, if, however good I am at it is because of that. Like because okay. we were occasionally told to pipe down, to quiet down a little bit, but we were never discouraged from singing. Mm-hmm. Like we we sang to the radio. My mom looked extremely eclectic music listening. My mom liked like Barbara Mandrell and Patsy Cline kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and I still. It's still in there, my love for that. Not Dan Seals, mama. Not him. (laughs) No. No. If I had only one friend left, and they listened to Dan Seals, we wouldn't be friends anymore. (laughs) So, uh, anyway. But, that kind of thing, you know. But my stepdad, uh, you know, Odie, uh, he he was a DJ a lot of times. He had these this great sound system, this great oh, okay. records, and we would go to school dances sometimes. So here's the music influence. And, uh, right, right. You know, he, he he loved that kind of stuff, but he didn't play anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he, he ran records and stuff like that, but... He listened to, you know, he played what everybody wanted. So, you know, we listened to Michael Jackson, we listened to Def Leppard, you know, Van Halen, like all of those. Well, I think those, and ZZ Top, those are the only people that did anything good during the 80s, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe Prince. Uh, but <laughs> like, like the 80s were a tough time. But uh, anyway, we, uh, uh, we had that, you know. We had an eclectic listening. My brother and I, we were kids, so we started listening to Guns and Roses, you know, at ten years old because yeah. that was what you did, you know. I listened to Vanilla Ice. I'll admit it. I promptly threw the album away when I heard once I heard like Dr. Dre, an actual rapper. I, I did, but I, I didn't know no better. I was white. I'm sorry. Uh, so <laughs> it's not my fault. Uh, Anyway, ice, we uh, ice. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. But uh, we, our friends listen to you know, like uh, we had friends that listened to punk, you know, and because we look, we just grew up, you know, giving music a chance. If we, you know, if somebody liked something, okay, I'll listen yeah. to that. Let's open minded. Yeah, let's check it out, and uh, yeah, and I. I'm still like that, you know uh there's a lot of music that irritates the fire out of me you know as a 40 year old now but but I still like i you know well, maybe the lyrics are strong you know well maybe they they got something original in the beat you know or mm-hmm. something like that like it's still fun to me, but
0: uh that's what
1: like I said oh, that's yeah. what makes me love doing music anyway yeah. you uh, know.
0: we were talking earlier with uh juva. Yes, yeah. so with the teenagers there, man. When they're sharing some of the music that they're listening to with me, I'm uh-huh. like, I don't get it.
1: No, yeah, yeah. Dave, you know, my our two <laughs> kids are at home, and they're yeah, the stuff they listen. To, <laughs> it might just be that my kids are weird. They they've been listening to Hamilton almost exclusively. <laughs> but my son David is one of the finest humans I know. He's mm-hmm. a, he's a kind boy and a great funny that. dude. And but. But he, at the same time, he thinks Eminem is cool, he, and and it is like. But it's it's just weird to be like, why would why would you like that? Yeah. But but that's the way music is, you know. It oh, I would never tie him down
0: for Eminem fan. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, he, you know, I'm sure he hasn't heard all of it. I hope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, you know, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that. I think a person should be like that though you know you should be you should be able to try to to find it you're not going to always be successful I have yet to find a whole lot of Nicki Minaj that I can really enjoy Uh, but she makes me laugh a lot of times the way she you know a lyric a line of hers or something there's this really gross song of hers somebody made me listen to lately (laughs) and it made me I did I belly laughed I'm like oh my god (laughs) why would you say that but it was you know that's it's, it's cool, too, man. Yeah. It is. Yeah, my parents thought Guns N' Roses was a fad. They thought, you know, they thought it wasn't necessarily super cool that I, maybe I wasn't even allowed to listen to rap music because of my skin color. You know, they didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> they had no idea what the rules were. <laughs> so, but, but I did, you yeah. know, I still loved it. And that's why I disagree with cultural appropriation arguments. It's because, like, that's... Oh my gosh! That's the only thing that ever makes anybody like somebody else. Hey man, did you see his helmet? That was cool. Yeah. that was the Romans. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like everything is cultural appropriation, and that's you know that's the beauty of everybody being yeah. An individual.
0: Yeah, uh, especially being here in America, man. It's yeah. this melting pot of different cultures and ideas. We uh, should embrace each other.
1: Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and and again, I know almost no group of people who I can't be like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, they're doing something awesome in their, you know, in their community, in their culture, in their, in their tiny little village, you mm-hmm. know, if that's what it is. Some of those places are doing stuff that I dis- that I disagree with, you sure. know, but, uh, but they're not asking me to move in
0: Mm-mm. and
1: <laughs> if, if somebody runs away from them and I'm there to help them, quit get in the car and I'll drive <laughs> them off, you know, I'll try to help. But other than that, there's not a whole lot I can do for right. them. So, uh, I
0: got a... Anyway, yeah, this so, is some of that
1: rambling I promised not to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so here in Columbus... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The high, the whole high school, what high school were you at? Uh, we went to
1: New Hope. Okay. Uh, we moved here, we came from, I mentioned Bibb County, and I mentioned the manliness. I played for this great football coach, and this prob- this will tie into the later theater stuff, but... I was I was such a mama's boy when we moved in with my dad, and my dad recognized this, and so he took me to the high school football workouts. But I was going to be an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he talked to the head coach of the varsity football team, and he said, "Look, my son is wanting to play middle school football, but but he's kind of a weakling, and he's mm-hmm. going to need you know he's going to need conditioning all summer." And they did a full summer of voluntary quote marks. Uh, Workouts, was it the two a day? Or? Uh, no, no we did we just went three times a week and we worked out from like uh, from like four until seven or eight. Okay. you know it was it was a, it was a good long practice, you know, but it was exclusively weight training, conditioning, you know mm-hmm. we did we did step aerobics. These are some. I mean, these are still the scariest men I've ever known in person. Many of them, like like ten of the scariest humans I've ever known in person, were on this football team, and they made those guys do step aerobics, and and it worked. I mean, we were we were we were solid, well conditioned football team, and because of that. I did almost nothing during the season, bear that in mind, but because of that, you know, the end of our first season, we went to the state playoffs, you know, and uh, we played, we made it into the second round, like, we were we were a good team, like, we were a really good team, we had some of the best guys, but the next year, the head coach that had been there a long time, Stan Moss, he had played for Bear Bryant, he retired from head coaching, and so they went through a couple of coaches in the next year, and... It just wasn't as, you know, it was rebuilding. You know, nobody's mad at them. But that was that's when I left from there. But it was... I had that, this is a win-in-school attitude, mm-hmm. and we moved to New Hope in 95, and the year before that, they had went 2-9. and nine. Yeah. <laughs>
0: they, as long as I've known New Hope, never known football. Yeah, Baseball, right, right. sure, baseball. Well,
1: my first year there, the baseball team went 43-0. Coach yeah. Hester was uh, coaching there then, you know. And, of course, they've probably done that like 17 times since then, but they, I mean, they were just, you yeah, know, they were known for that. And one of the first friends I made at New Hope, we were sitting there the day of our first game of the year. My brother, my brother's a huge man. I'm a little pipsqueak, but my brother's a huge man, and he was a heck of an athlete. Uh-huh. And we're both sitting there wearing our jerseys on Friday, you know, getting ready for the game that night. And this guy goes, y'all going to lose. We always lose. Our team sucks. Like, he just said that straight to us. And my brother's like, well, that's before we got here. <laughs> and it's it does mean my brother Bubba is my heart man and that's it's stuff like that because he knew I did very little but he was he really the reason yeah he was really the reason yeah. but no no they had a new coach that year and we ended up going like uh, I think we went six and five so we had a winning season we went to a little bowl game which they don't do that in Alabama but they did that here in Mississippi and we won that game it was uh it was really cool season and uh, the next year they changed uh they changed receiver coaches i played receiver and i was such a stupid little high school kid that i didn't like the guy i liked the other guy better and so i gave him two all the time and he gave it back to me and i got mad one day and quit and uh so then it was just weeks later i quit school because i found out very quickly that the only reason i was even going to school was because i love football
0: (laughs) Oh, no.
1: As an old man now, I love... I I, I read all the time. I love knowing things, and I I know some very dumb things, some things that no ordinary (laughs) human should know from, from like, university lecture series that I've listened to about dumb things that nobody should know. Nobody should know what minerals were created by microorganisms millions of years ago. Nobody should know that. But I do. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... Where was I? Where was I going
0: with that? Dropping out of high school.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. See, that was part of it. But uh, I just I quit school. My dad. I was uh, I was just about to turn 18, so I didn't even tell my dad. Like I just would leave school. I would go to school like I was going. Drop my sister off, and I went to directly to the Columbus Learning Center because when my dad found out I was gonna have my GED at least going, I was hoping to have it. Yeah. in my hands before he found out because I knew dad wasn't like a super father but he was you were going to go to school you were going to be a you know a decent human person yeah. you know under my father's realm and I was very scared of not doing that but anyway uh I got my GED quickly and I turned 18 just after that so uh, my dad got me a job with him mm-hmm. and uh what were you doing I did uh, I did. I, I tried to be a welder, but I ended up just being like a laborer for uh, Glenn Machine Works uh, okay. back then. He worked for them, and I did that kind of thing off and on for the next year or two. Uh, I helped. Uh, I, I for six months I installed windshields in Tuscaloosa. I was a boy. I was a piece of crap back then. Any anybody that might hear this that knows me, <laughs> that knew me back then, will be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." But I I just you know floated here and there and smoked a lot of weed, and that's about it yeah like did almost nothing useful to humanity or myself really uh, yeah. just nothing but uh anyway i got a <clears throat> ended up getting a good job at coppertop uh here in columbus and i say it was a good job it was a steady job okay and uh and i had a driver's license which put me in the elite at that company <laughs> because most of their employees didn't actually have a driver's license and uh i ended up working for them for i think 5 years or something like that before uh uh, before I moved on to something else, then I went back to them and worked with them for another four or five years, you know,
0: and so, in the uh, midst of all this time, still gaming, learning how to skate, still picking around, no yeah. guitar yet, right? yeah,
1: well, I got the guitar uh this is uh this is a turning point and this is really the turning point. I got that job at Coppertop, and I worked there for about six well, about I think it was four or five months, but anyway. I'd worked there just long enough for them to recognize that I was doing a good job and I was a hard worker, mm-hmm. and uh, so they offered me like a, a bit of a promotion. You know, I'm I'm a. Sh- Foreman. Now we've got a job supervisor, and I'm just his guy. I mean, that's what this literally what my title was. They said we're going to make you his right hand man. The assistant. That's that's what to what they this. Said. Yeah, yeah. His right hand man. Yeah. Uh, translation: I'm the guy who actually put into effect
0: everything he said. I'm like the sergeant, you know, of the group. But uh, if there's anything he didn't want to say, you go tell him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but they gave me that, and right after that, just a just a week or two after that, I met this girl because of my brother my brother was living in michigan and he was dating a girl and he moved away Mm -hmm. uh he moved back to columbus and i got him a job with coppertop actually Mm -hmm. and uh she missed him and she wanted to come visit him and so she got a girlfriend of hers to ride down with her And this is from michigan okay and uh they uh they come down and uh my brother's like hey come on over and I'm gonna give you the full story. You can do whatever you want with it later. But this is a great story. This is my favorite story ever. Okay. Uh, so, so they come down, and Bubba, my brother, I told you he's my heart. We're we're extremely close, and. Uh, I he says, he says, look, I want you to meet this girl. I I really like her, and I really miss her, you know. So I'm thinking about asking her to, to come down here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool. I'm like, well, she's bringing her friend, you know, so I'll be glad to come over. Yeah. That's what I tell my brother. And, and Bubba is like, he knows me because, you know, I'm a little player back then anyway. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, look, she's got a fiancé back in Michigan he's like they've been married they've been together like three years he's like I'm pretty sure they don't even sleep together they don't even you know like they barely hold hands like there's no chance yeah it, it, and I'm like Watch okay me. yeah right well right I don't know what he was thinking because like yeah on the inside I'm like well cool there's no pressure if I fail then I'll just be like well you know there's that yeah. and if I don't I'll be like no 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 na na you so. right so yeah. So I didn't fail. Uh, I was very smooth. Uh, it was very. Uh, uh, I was like, uh, I heard you got a fiance back in Michigan. Yeah, and she was like,
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, like,
1: man, it's a long way to Michigan, huh? You know, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such
2: i I'm such
1: a jerk, man. It's terrible. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, we hung out, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of days there. She was supposed to go back a couple of days later, and she ended up staying like a week. Yeah. And when she went home, she packed. And came back down here like 30 days later and we i was you know we moved in together uh i was working at copper top and she was like right from the start she was like a very like appreciative you look you're working you know i don't have a job yet i'll be glad to get a job but since you're working i appreciate that i'm gonna do whatever i can to make the rest of your life easy Mm -hmm. so like she handled all our bills she handled everything and uh like just three weeks after she moved here, she had kidney failure. Oh no. She had a grand mal seizure, and like, I thought she was dead. Like she, I mean, she fell on the floor, like she, you know, if you've ever seen that kind of a seizure, like she went into convulsions, and then she just stopped breathing by all appearances. Uh, she was breathing extremely shallowly, we found out later, but she had, had, uh, she had hypertension, and she had been taking NyQuil, Because she had undiagnosed hypertension. She was 23, I think, at the time. And uh, I was 20. I was an idiot. Mm -hmm. Uh, She, the poor woman. But but I was raised by women, you know, a lot of the time. My mom and my grandmothers and stuff. And so I was, you know, I tried to be as nurturing as a hard-ass like myself (laughs) could (laughs) could be. be. Yeah. And I guess I pulled it off, you know, over the years or whatever, but uh when you know when she got sick like i of course she, there's that's a time for reflection you know when she's in there she was in a coma for a day or so she's in ICU for a week you know i mean it was it was awful yeah. and uh as as i of course i i realized at that time how much i loved her i really did you know but i also realized like the last thing i would ever do would be like to abandon that person you know like she moved here from Michigan. Like, she she left everything she knows to be here. Like, the last thing I'm going to do is be like, oh, you got sick, tough break, you know? Yeah. And so, like, on a whim, I asked her to marry me. Like, while she was in the hospital, she hadn't even got out. Like, on a just, like I said, Still recovering. I'm that guy. I'm My friends nowadays will tell you, uh, Catherine Munson laughed at me about it. I just do whatever and, and just deal with whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just do whatever happens and deal with yeah. whatever, you know, takes place because of it. But that's why. Because I did that that time, and that was the best decision I ever made, man. Uh, Melissa was, she was sick a lot of our, our she lived for 16 years after that. But man, she could not have been a better wife. She could not have been a cooler person. Like, I, it was the best decision I ever made. Mm-hmm. And and for years afterwards, like, I hated myself. For like three years afterwards, I'm like, why did you do this to yourself? You're tied to this person forever. And I'm I'm a free spirit. <laughs> I really am. But monogamy, like like beat me down like i just loved having that so much and having a support and having somebody that was always always in your corner you know and always just everything you know and she was she was seriously like she's the wife your mom you know hopes and prays that you end up with yeah uh and i did again i did on a whim i was like yeah it's probably a good idea let's do this yeah and and did that and uh she was the reason though she I I joked about her buying the guitar Mm -hmm. but she was that was the kind of person she was like she she paid attention to like what it was you not only what you said you wanted but what it was that like you really meant you wanted and she told me afterwards she's like you went on about that guitar for like a year Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like once every month you said something about it it was like once every few days yeah but, it, you know, so she paid attention to that. She went on the sly and asked a good friend of ours that played guitar, like, what the best idea was, what would give me the best opportunity to learn how to play, yeah. and, like, that I would enjoy, but at the same time would be, you know, beneficial and cost-effective, like, all the stuff. I know her. She probably spent, like, six months figuring it out, you know, yeah. and spent $250, and it's the best money, you know, she ever spent. Like, it's the best money I ever saw spent, like... uh it's, you know, and, and again, it's one of those things, like, it took, like, 30 things like that for me to finally be like, oh, yeah, this is probably a good idea to stay married to this chick, yeah, yeah. It's such an idiot, man. <laughs> I'm telling
0: you. And so, playing uh, guitar, when did the acting come in?
1: Uh, is ooh, that, is later. that later? Oh, much, much, much later,
0: yeah. So, okay.
1: uh, so it was, let's see, for fun stuff, it was playing the guitar, and then, like, Within six or eight months of that, I don't know why. Maybe because the two go together, skateboarding. Uh, I started skating. Uh, what happened? I was working with Copper Top.
0: And, so, so you're still working at Copper Top. You're, yeah. You're married. Right. She just got you a guitar, and you're getting the skateboarding. Right. 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 Yeah.
1: Man, you are. <laughs> well, and here's here's what happens. So you live away from home when you when you work for a place like Copper Top. You live away from home, not exclusively, but you know, days probably nine. 10 days at a time sometimes you're yeah. away from home most of the time at least four to five days you know so i i'm not a i'm not a bar hopper you know or i wasn't then you know <laughs> now that's kind of a occupational hazard now but uh i i never i never like jumped to a bar to bar i didn't like going out and hanging out with chicks because i don't trust me <laughs> and I'm married. It's not them, it's you. Right, it's right. I don't blame them at all. It's my fault. Yeah. I'm not going out there and it's not, you know, and at the end of the day it's it's not. It's just a bad idea. You yeah. know why would you do that? Do you have to? Well then why?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh and I didn't. So we hung out at the room. Uh, I would take my Nintendo with me, you know, so some nights i play Nintendo, some nights uh, the Ollie thing happened because we had, like, there was a couple of guys that would come over, that I worked with, they would yeah. come over and play Tony Hawk, so we'd play horse on Tony Hawk, and you, two at a time, so when it wasn't my turn, I'd stand off to the side I'm and the practice carpet. the Ollie, uh, watching the screen, like, how they were doing it, and like I said, one night at Ollie, just a few inches, and I was like,
0: <gasps> I did it, I did it, Yes yeah. did, did y'all see it? Right, right. right. No, we didn't see it. Oh,
1: man. (laughs) I know, yeah. So we were in uh, Bay of St. Louis uh, right at, you know, a few months after I started skateboarding, and they had this fantastic skate park down there. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of it even, but it was this wood park, and it was straight out of Tony Hawk, man. They had everything. It was huge. Uh, I've got some old pics of it. Uh, I was just looking at at the house the other day, but I can't remember what the name of it was. Uh, But we walked in. I didn't even have a skateboard. I couldn't skate that day. But we walked in. I saw this place. And I'm like, oh, I want this. Mm-hmm. So, years later, like uh, when I quit working at Coppertop and I started working in town, I built a bunch of ramps in my house and we had a little, you know, backyard skate park at my house.
0: So, uh, is that where the scenes uh, in the music video come from?
1: No. Well, some of those are from my house. Yeah, yeah. The ones that are at the, at the home pipes? shot. Yeah, I've got a couple of little small half pipes. Now, one of the, uh, the one where I do the blunt to fakey, do you know what that is?
0: <laughs> the one, I've seen uh, it on the game. Right,
1: right, exactly. Uh, that uh some of those are at my buddy in West Point, his house. uh My friend Reggie over there, okay. he's got a, he's got a couple of ramps, and you know, we had we had a bit more than that, not much more, but we had like big six foot quarter pipe over here, big pyramid with grind rails on it over here. Oh man, a couple quarter pipe over here, like a learner mini ramp over here, like a little like two foot, you know, thing. Y'all were all in. Oh uh, yeah, well I worked construction, you know, yeah. so. I was at home and, you know, as you might have guessed, I get bored easily. So, <laughs> I would be like, man, I want to learn to blunt thank you, but I don't have a mini ramp." Uh-huh. <laughs> and, oh, I need some yes, mini Yes, so I built a mini rent. Um. Anyway, yeah, we, we did that for a while and uh, Melissa was, I'm telling you, man, she was the greatest about just, okay, baby, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> don't make us go broke. You know, like I had to, yeah. okay, baby, I'm only going to spend $900 in lumber total on the skate park uh-huh. she's like are you sure i'm like maybe mm. 1200 yeah, he's like 15 is your limit all right that's it we're not baby come on now 1500 is reasonable isn't it okay and so, so that's what i got i landed at 13 i made it it was all yeah. right but she was anyway she was uh she she facilitated all of that uh, acting came in if you know uh, let us let me make sure I'm not skipping anything she started doing karate after she got a kidney transplant uh, she got a kidney transplant I think in 03 or 04 okay and uh she wanted to do karate, just as kind of something to do to get in shape. Physically she, active. Yeah, she got her a rib protector thing to kind of protect, They put your kidney in the front when they do a kidney transplant, so uh-huh. she got this rib protector thing that she wore, which was unnecessary because she was the baddest chick in that whole freaking karate class, man. Man. She was, oh, dude, she was... She, man, she, she was just a bad chick. She was. Ask anybody. Uh, when she passed, I, uh, I was at the hospital, and... Um, the doctor was standing there. I still don't know if he appreciates even what I meant by it, but I was distraught and I just said what I meant. But he, he was like, he was like she must have been a really great lady, you know, and I, I said, she was a bad motherfucker. <laughs> I did. And I meant that, man. She was, I joked with her all the time that she was a worthy adversary uh, because <laughs> she was. Like, she was just a tough chick and she never, man, she had kidney failure. When she passed away, People people that were, intimately close with her mm-hmm. had no idea she'd ever had kidney failure she was so strong she just well not only that but she never wrote it she never like you know oh I have you know I have a problem she, oh um, me oh no, my no no she, she went most of the time you know most of the people that knew her especially in the last three or four years she was on dialysis so she did at home dialysis she had a tube coming out of her belly uh-huh. like nobody knew like a lot of people just had no idea. Just kept it she in. yeah, she I mean, why would she talk about it? You know, she just wasn't that kind of person. And uh you know, our, our very close friends knew that she was you know, that things could get serious and as they did, as she declined, you know, uh they they knew that, you know, mm-hmm. they, they figured that out themselves but uh she it was never because she woe is mead or you know, mm-hmm. or nothing like that. Like or me. Like I I mean I knew how she would feel if I was out there whining about, you know, or or even, you know, complaining openly about it or telling somebody about how, yeah. you know, bad off she was. Again, towards the end in her last month or two of life, you know, when it was obvious that maybe she, you know, I thought she had more time than she did, but when it was obvious that things were going wrong, you know, I would let our, our very close friends know. But uh, I always felt weird about it because she, you know, she didn't do that. Yeah. She didn't She didn't whine, man. She didn't believe in that <laughs> she took care of her mama her mama was uh deathly ill uh in there uh when she was a young young girl and she just kind of became the mother of the house uh for years there the father had
0: left and what part of the country were y'all in at this time
1: when she and i this has been my home since 95 okay so you were here uh, yeah yeah we lived in uh we had a place down in uh, new hope just off the river down there uh off of bud price road down past economic and feel- uh we did some fishing, you know. Melissa wasn't a huge fisherman, but she loved living down there, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, oh man, it's a wonderful place. Uh, I, uh, I sold it a couple of years ago when uh, after I got remarried. Um, we live in in Columbus, like in the city now, okay. which I'm not an incredible fan of living in the city, but we live like just close enough to the city limits, you know. That I'm like, okay, this is all right. it's all right. It's nice. We have trees and stuff. It's yeah, fine. yeah. We yeah. also have trains. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, let's see. I did, uh, but I worked around a lot. Uh, I worked for I work for Express Oil now, and it was the, I took a job with them back in 05 for like six months and got offered a better job, but they were, I loved working there, man. It was fun dealing with people all the time, you know, like yeah. customers, and uh it's it's one of those jobs where you always feel it's it's very fulfilling. You feel like you helped the people, you know. They came through, their oil was dirty, their washer fluid was low, their window was dirty, you know, and I mean Just you should hook them up Hey dude, I fixed it all. I fixed everything. Yeah. Don't worry about it. All right, we'll you can see you. See,
0: right. You can put some windshield wiper right. and clean it. You got oh, your oil changed. Everything. You sit.
1: Everything, right, right. And, uh, and plus I got to work on my stand up. <laughs> That's yeah. my next dream. I wanna I wanna make funny jokes and uh I can talk and make people laugh. Well, you
0: already gave away your first <laughs> joke. Don't give away anymore. Right,
1: right. Well, you know, I mean, I guess I got to put it out there sometime. But <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I lo- a lot of that comes out in my music too, you know, and the stuff I write. I like to make people laugh. A little and, banner in between. Uh, yeah, yeah, my uh, <laughs> my wife, she was telling me, she's like, you should do that. You should do that one song, hate and love song, because uh, I, it's like a I hate being married song, you know, like I don't. Which is what makes it funny, you know. Like it's just one mm-hmm. of those things that uh, I don't like being married. It's so irritating, and <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, like, it's not kind of a parody. Yeah, yeah. It's very. Uh, I'm very complacent with marriage. Uh, <laughs> I am. I just like. I don't like having to worry about stuff like, you know, where I'm sleeping tonight and who's going to be there. Does she snore? Like I don't. I don't yeah. need any of that. I know the answer to all that is yes with my wife. So <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this is this is where the show went down, right? When Shane said what he said that got him killed. <laughs> <laughs> Just take Love you, out. baby. Right, yeah. Uh, maybe some editing later. We'll see.
0: <laughs> Melanie, please don't kill Shane. There wasn't anywhere to edit without this not making sense. Back to the show.
1: So, we've gotten through... Uh, the music and the skateboarding and all, mm-hmm. and uh, and karate. She had me doing karate. I did that for a while, but I quit because I was enjoying skateboarding so much. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I left uh, uh, when she, uh, I left Copper Top. Uh, I was running the shop for them for a while, and I left them, and I went back to Expresso, and I, I was working. Uh, oh, a, a friend of mine from church. I had been playing uh, with, uh, one of our church members on like the weekend and she asked me to come and play with her one Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was like, cool. She did this. She was an older lady and she did these old bluegrass hymns and bluegrass. If if you play music, you know, bluegrass is super fun stuff to play. You just go and change and go. I always think of hee haw, you know, like it's just, it's super fun stuff. And so I was in, I was like, yeah, yeah and so we went and we had a great time me and her we went back and forth she's a funny old lady say with this she smoked like like she smoked my whole life her whole life and her husband's whole life like <laughs> she smoked forever you know like <laughs> right she hadn't had a cigarette in three hours and when she coughs smoke still comes out like she she was a smoker but yeah she He'll have, it was wonderful though it was so fun and she sang loud so the you know the church yeah. it was a small church and the, the church sang loud is wonderful man so she was like did you have a good time
2: yes jesus yes i had <laughs> yes. a great
1: time and uh she's like well cool bring your g-. she did it on sunday nights and wednesday nights uh-huh. and then we had a pianist on sunday morning you know we weren't heathens yeah. and, uh, <laughs> 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 and uh so
0: <laughs> i hope
1: that that listening man. <laughs> anyway
0: um <laughs>
1: she uh she's like yeah well, come on back wednesday night I was like, like, well, I, you know, we attended on Wednesday nights anyway, you know. So I was like, sweet, yeah, I'll bring my guitar. So I come in, and uh, I, she she always showed up, like, right at time to start church, you know. So I come in, and I get up there, and I set up the guitar, and I uh-huh. start flipping through the hymnal and stuff, you know. and uh, When I tell you I had never played in front of an audience before. Okay. I had never played in front of an
0: audience before.
1: I had never sat on my porch with two friends and played a song. So you like like when I played got
0: you the guitar, you were privately playing in the bedroom. I
1: was playing and uh, they had heard me play like my I have some my friend Daniel Petters is going to be listening to this and he will tell you, "Oh yeah, he played jingle bells a lot." But <laughs> uh he was i think i made petters an atheist like 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 i paid amazing grace it's, i mean like that's a joke but only in part like they Petters. like if i ever if i ever sell one album he owes he deserves part credit for having to listen to that crap um my brother bubba Uh, I played I always wanted to be a lead guitar player was was what happened and so for that first five or six years Uh I played I was I taught myself like Many many riffs from people I loved, like uh, Junior so, Brown is a hero. Okay, I was of mine. about to yeah,
0: Influence. Yeah,
1: Junior Brown was a big hero of mine in those times. So uh, I would he does this these great surf songs and uh, and man, uh, please check out Junior Brown. Like okay. his his stuff. He did this song back in the nineties called uh, "Highway Patrol." It was on CMT a lot, and uh, but he's got this horrible. Low corn pond singing voice. And and he says so too. But uh but his songs are so original and his picking is ridiculous. Okay. Like and uh anyway, I I thought that was just the coolest stuff, but uh-huh. I also loved Green Day, you know, I I was uh I would gotten into them in my early twenties. Dookie Yeah, yeah, yeah. We when Dookie came out we started listening to those guys in the you know, I guess that's early nineties, ninety two. Yeah. yeah, uh Dookie, uh, what was, what was the other group that my brother loves? Oh, Pantera, uh, Alice in Chains, like, uh, he, my brother went, like, a bit darker than I did as far as enjoyment, but, like, you know, groups like Green Day and, like, uh, Alice in Chains kind of brought us together anyway. They were just so great, and, but as I got into my 20s, and especially, like I said, as I started playing, uh, I started paying more attention to, like, the solos that I liked, and... The soloists, you, you know, uh, guitar soloists. I mean, you know, guys that were just, you know, Brad Paisley's that guy now, but you know, the people that were just super, super skilled, you know, and and it struck me like that. So Junior Brown was one. Uh, the uh, Primus was another. Uh, okay. Primus, uh, you know, Les Claypool. I mean, their whole band is incredibly original, and their stuff is just so. It, it was way ahead of its time, in my opinion. You know, but uh, it. Uh, I've heard that a lot. Uh, his his bass playing, though, was just so many levels above above what was normal in those days, you know, and that's... I, I tried to emulate that on the guitar, like, you know, to try to, you know, to just pick fast and complicated and did weird stuff, and... Uh, but I one thing I didn't want to do was strum. I didn't want to go...
0: Ging, 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 didn't ging, want that ging. life. Huh? I
1: didn't want. I just didn't. I didn't want to do that, you know. So... uh so that's what happened for that five years coming up to that time at church. And then uh, Miss Linda Lou, if she's listening, she didn't show up Wednesday night. Oh, no. She didn't show up the next Sunday night. Get to do it by yourself. Matter of fact, she retired after that first time with me doing it. Pretty sure that was her
2: plan the whole time. <laughs> Set
1: you up. <laughs> then she got me. <laughs> So that <coughs> night I just kind of slapped it together. Well, the next night, the next time it was coming around, I actually planned to so hit singing a little. and playing. It for yes.
0: Yes, and I and no experience from it. I had
1: this. I had I knew chords, you know, yeah. and I could play chords almost exclusively for blues songs or for, you know, oh, I was killer at power chords, you know, but oh yeah. But like uh, you know, little augmented chords and little, you know, abbreviated chords and stuff like that was all I was really doing at that time. So the first few nights were Strictly G C D. Like if there was an F, I was just terrified. go E
0: minor in. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Man, it was it was so scary. And and now I put you know now the stuff I play and it it is because when you pick up the guitar as an old man uh in your twenties for guitar that's an old man uh when you when you do that like by the time you're you know I'm five years six years in. I've, I've I've gotten to a level of skill that I'm not proud of, but I'm, you know, I have some skill sure. and I can work on it. Well, a lot of people plateau there, but what that did was force me to like learn stuff on the guitar, or learn to play you know, different chords, learn to play and sing, learn to change, learn to throw in a quick three or four licks solo in between the chords sure. and stuff like yes. that.
0: Probably because you were forced into it. Yeah, right?
1: and I was. Well, and I was, but at, after just playing solo stuff for five years, I will. I felt like I had like just kind of reached a plateau. I was just doing the same stuff, trying to get faster and better at it. And so this... Picking up, playing chords and playing, singing and play. Oh my God, singing and playing. I had no idea it's how terrified. hard that was. Like it is. Like especially if you're new at it. And with, I, I was terrible at chords. It took a long time. It really did. It took two years before I felt yeah, like I could, jingle just, bells, right? I could just. I could just. Well, well, that stuff was. <laughs> it was all jingle bells. Yeah. When I was, I I wanted to do Jimi Hendrix licks. I wanted to do Junior Brown licks, where like he, you know, they play and they, or BB King, you know, they play and then they sing, and then they play some more and then they sing. But I, I, I didn't realize and I didn't know anybody, but I just didn't have, uh, I didn't have anybody that knew how to do that, that knew how to get a band together or anything. And I was, <clears throat> for my part, I was always too nervous about it. Like, I can play guitar, and sometimes my family would be like, hey, how are you doing? So I'd pick up the guitar and be like, oh, I learned this or that, but that... How old are you at this point? Uh, 25, uh, 27. Okay. 27, something like that. Let's see, that's still, 05, so... You're still
0: kind of shy about it? Very, uh, and very well. And again, even after the church scene when you were set up, well, the church scene was what you know
1: slowly worked me out of that. But they had, I, I told you, I always loved to sing, you know. And they found out by accident one night that I could sing,
0: uh-huh.
1: and I, which I, I love to sing, but I never had claimed that I could sing, you yeah, know. You just love it, and I did. I do, <laughs> and I still do. Like. But I was—I guess I got good at it because I just never cared. When Zeppelin came on, I would be like, "Robert, plant I, I, me up." I don't want to <laughs> mess up your mic, but
2: I—you ah! know—I yeah. would
1: just every bit of it that I could do. I would—I would like sing the guitar solos, absolutely, uh, and I—I just, I just loved it. It was so fun, and uh, so I got good at it. And we were, man, uh, our preacher. Went around the church one night. He's like, Many of y'all don't know that you can't even sing. He's like, Or you might be embarrassed about it, but you're praising the Lord. You know? Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. Do that. Each individual person, just sing a few bars of your favorite song. And my favorite song at that time was, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Had been out for oh, a little no. while. And it was. Uh, um, angel band. It's at the very end of the song, uh-huh. but it's Ralph
2: Stanley. <laughs> it's like, oh, come, angel band. You know, just yeah,
1: like, I know the. Mean. And I didn't realize until tonight how redneck I sound, but <laughs> it's just the countryest, you know, hill hillbilliest song, sounding oh, yeah. song you can hear. And, and like, the pastor was like, man, that was, that was good. And I, I was like, it was fun. I love that song, you know. And that's what I thought. I was like, well, I love Uh that song. You know, of course, I can probably hit it. And uh, a person, you know, asked me to, a friend of mine, Jeremy, asked me, hey, will you sing this song with me for a special, you know, one morning, you know, for like a just a a duet thing? Sure, man. So he sang a bass thing, and I, I sang, and it was fun. It was really fun. I loved to sing, but I was terrified you know but I, I did it you know and then that was that was just a month or two before uh, Miss Linda asked me to bring the guitar was when all that happened Okay, so like she you know when I did that then she knew I could sing well enough to, to sing but she didn't know that I had I didn't sing and play I wasn't that guy we sang to recordings you know when I sang with this other guy so uh, it seriously a year that poor church put up with Two and three chord songs played at probably all the same speed. Right. Like three songs, like ding, 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 ding. That's it. Like, <laughs> and done. And they just smiled and they were, you, you know, church is the place you learn
0: to, to you know, it, it, to it get is. over that. Shane, I'll show you this. Is uh, when I started getting involved with church, I was invited over. I was working at a truck stop. And uh-huh. the pastor and the pastor's wife had invited me. And little did I know that my mother had been attending this church, and that was the reason they were praying for me, and that was the reason they were at the truck stop inviting me. And eventually, months down the road, I would go, and then they found out I liked music, mm-hmm. and then, well, with the way I grew up in some of these Southern Baptist churches, I was like, well, it's only playing an organ. Mm-hmm. There's no room for a guitar, right? And then I saw Whitney; she did a. Um, she did a special with a guitar. I was like, oh, they play guitar here. So I was like, I want a special. Yeah. I want to do it. Right, right, right. And so I asked for one, and then a little bit after that, um, the worship pastor asked, he's like, why don't you put a band together? Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like same yeah. thing. I think that's where a yeah. lot of people get a good get a start in music. Well, the,
1: you know, I mean, of course, church is supposed to be – what it is which is you know a group of a group of people who love God and they're they, you know they're trying to be better by leaning on one another you yeah. know and so the one thing you never have to worry about at church is booing or or somebody leaving in the middle of the show or something like that. Now what you can
0: look forward to at the end of service Uh is someone giving you a sideways compliment. Right. Oh sure, sure, yeah.
1: But again, (laughs) again, we can take you know,
0: have you I
1: played a show one time where the owner came (laughs) this is a terrible story. I played a show one time where the owner came to us after our second break, we were playing for four hours. Yeah. So two hours in came to us and was like, hey I've got like ten people here, and they all say they're about to leave if y'all don't stop playing. And I let them play the jukebox so they can dance. And I was like, "Now, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not a huge fan of me. Okay, I'm not. I'm a narcissist, I guess, to some level. But I'm not a guy who's like, I am a great musician. Yeah. I can play guitar fantastic. I am the man. I am the greatest singer in this town. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that dude." Like I can, I, I'm confident in my skills. Yeah. You know, I, I can hold up. You know, but but I'm not that guy. But when I have a band with me, if I play with people like on a regular basis, it's because I think those guys are great. Yeah, you're and, surrounding
0: yourself with people you right, think are great. The guys
1: I was playing with at that show, these are two outstanding musicians, uh-huh. man. And it's happened, you know, and I was just floored. Like I'm like, why would you? I mean, what kind of irony? No, I blamed myself. Like, I was like, I must suck this bad to make these two guys look bad enough (laughs) for them to be like, no, 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 we have to stop. But, you know, thankfully that's the only time that happened. But every musician has, you know, has a story like that. And what you do not get that at church. No. You are not going to, nobody's going to, they're not going to be like, well, that's never happening again. They're, you know, they're yeah. not going to do that. They're going to sideways say,
0: you, well, you did it. Yeah. That's what they're going to say. Uh, yeah. But, and there was. I think like the most sideways compliment I got <laughs> in a buddy of mine, I was telling you about the band I had earlier, uh-huh. and he got the same one down the road, was uh, someone one time, and I love Tom Petty, uh-huh. but in my opinion, Tom Petty wasn't the best singer. Mm-hmm. So it was oh. like you remind me a lot of Tom Petty. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh. I I have a okay. question.
1: I have a questionable level of love for Luke Bryan. Okay, here we go. It's questionable. And <laughs> re- recently on <laughs> recently <laughs> someone told me like, "Man, you know, and I don't know. I hope they were joking. <laughs> but they were like, "You're the next Luke Bryan." And I was bothered by that. <laughs>
2: like lost sleeper. I was
1: offended. Like I was like, man, am I? I'm not doing what I want to. But you know, some people love Luke Bryan, and you know, yeah. God bless them. Apparently, those some of those people like me too. <laughs> and that's I now don't know why that one, hurts. Man. I don't know why that hurts, but it does.
0: <laughs> and so let's right there. Let's wrap it up, Shane. I have got to sit down with you again. <laughs>
2: well, well, I, I have it, free time, and I don't
0: think I don't think that I have to sit down with you one more time. I think it's going to be maybe a time or two or three or four more times.
1: I uh, I like sitting. That's great. <laughs> I've had a good time, man. I, uh, I anytime I get to talk
0: about me, that's probably a happy day for me, right? Well, well brother, <laughs> it's been another episode of Porch Talk, and thank you for sitting on this proverbial porch.
2: All right, so this is our new
1: song, and this is about uh Dave.
0: Oh, awesome. is, Dave,
1: is Dave supposed to know this? Super Dave. Well, it's not I really bad It's not really about Dave, but yes, uh, everybody who knows who Dave is knows that Dave's awesome. And uh, Dave was having some trouble, some troubles out of a chick, and uh, that's all the detail I'm giving. But uh, he was having some troubles out of a chick. Could have been. You hugged
0: the Dave today,
1: and it irritated me. It made me very mad because Dave is among the greatest humans ever made. And uh, it made me mad. So it made me think about, like, chicks that had done me wrong in the past. And, like, you all, we all have those friends who've been, like, just... And, and even though I am the happily married dude and, the, you know, the supporter of monogamy that I am, I know it's not perfect out there. And uh, this song was about one of those times where there's, you know... This person, it could be a guy, it just happens to be a chick because I'm the guy I am, but uh, it could be a guy who just is doing doing dumb stuff. Dumb
2: stuff. Well, I hope you find him out there. Hope you find out you're fooling yourself. You swallowed the slice so fast and woke up first to be second best. In the Badlands at night, there's just enough light to see what he left you with. And while you're clicking your heels, well, he's pulling you first from all. You can't love him enough to. I'm afraid of mm-hmm. all You can't hide from the daylight. He's been pulling your hair, darn tell won't fight. But he's drinking a little bit. Your chair, baby You just let it Let it slide Single and lame They'll all taste the same When you see her Right In the daylight In the daylight daylight
0: in the daylight I like <laughs> it man yes sir alright I'm for it be <laughs> and
2: that'll be it